What's new at Cold Wax Academy? Rebecca and Jerry have an exciting lineup of online sessions planned as they launch a new year of learning and growth for members of Cold Wax Academy. Winter quarter sessions, which began on January 4th, will feature help with technical issues, photographing your work, developing ideas for imagery, and advice on works in progress. And two special guests, well-known authors Eric Maisel and Sean McNiff, will be conducting interactive sessions with members. As a member, you can also access the private Facebook page and take advantage of the informed and supportive community there of artists who post their paintings and questions. It's never too late to join Cold Wax Academy. All live sessions are recorded and available in the member library. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com for more information as well as basic information about using Cold Wax Medium. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's show, Rebecca is interviewing Jerry McLaughlin, her business partner at Cold Wax Academy, while on a trip to Texas. Art is primarily a solitary activity. Although some artists collaborate or share studios, most of us spend our time alone with our work and our thoughts, and we value that solitude. But art is also a form of communication, and other artists are often very savvy about understanding the work of others, and connecting in that way is valuable. And who better understands the ups and downs, the challenges and rewards of art life than other artists? Today, Rebecca and her partner at Cold Wax Academy, Jerry McLaughlin, discuss the benefits of being part of an artist community and how to go about finding one yourself. Without further ado, here's Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everybody. Um, I am here uh, with Jerry McLaughlin, and we are in Dallas, Texas. We've been working on some writing projects. And um, yeah, we thought it would be good to talk about artist communities of different kinds and what you can learn from them, what you can gain from gain by uh, being part of one. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to think about what an artist community is, and we thought we'd sort of start by just you know saying what we mean by that. Um, some of us are lucky enough to have a good friend or two that. We feel, you know, we have an honest relationship with about our art and we can get together, talk about it and so on. And, and that sort of friendship, which is wonderful, can cover a lot of what we're going to talk about with a larger community. But a lot of people don't have that person or they want more than one person like that. So they want to or need to reach out and find relationships with other artists that can provide some sort of support, feedback, and so on. So, um, you know, what what might that look like if you're interested in doing this? And so we thought of a couple of different, you know, kinds of ways that that can happen. And one is just um, pulling together a group of your friends that are artists that you might happen to know. And that that could start small and grow. Um, And Maybe you meet once a month or so and you go to different people's studios and so on. Kind of a, a loose organization. So if that's, if that's uh, what you'd like to do, um, you know, you're starting with a few people that you know and, you know, just kind of reaching out to other people. And um, I'm actually a part of a group like that in 
where I live in New Mexico, and we're just starting to get together, but I think it's going to be good. And um, just meeting, you know, once a month, we're going to be uh, each one taking a session and talking about our work and so on. It's low-key, it's friendly, um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to that. But there are other ways to do this. Um, but before we talk about those other ways, I, I just wanted to maybe, you know, think about some ways that people might find artists in their community right. uh, to reach out to in a way that's not necessarily formally organized. And, um, you know, I think some possibilities might be to go to galleries uh, or openings where the shows feature local artists. You know, a lot of times there are mm-hmm. galleries that have regional shows for people who are in the community and going out to those offers you a way in. You can go there and not only see the work, but oftentimes have a chance to meet the artists and you can initiate a conversation around their work and it gives you the opportunity to maybe select people whose work resonates with you. So it might be somebody that you think you might have a mm. connection with. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, especially, you know, if you haven't yet connected with an artist community where you live, that's that's really a good way to, to get started. Um and, you know, there might be other resources um, if there is an art magazine or something that's local. Um, maybe you could find find some people that way. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times it starts with a sort of small core group of people. And then maybe each of you have somebody you want to invite in or something like that. So it can grow from a kind of a central group. Yeah. And then I, I would encourage people um, not to be shy about this because... I think it's very easy for us to think that we're the only ones who want this sense of community or want this connection. And we've talked to enough artists, Rebecca, you and I, that we know that that's not true, that a lot of artists are desperate to connect with people. Absolutely. So I I don't want people to be shy and, and even just reaching out to artists like through Instagram, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to follow artists who are local and close to you just by looking for, you know, the the location searches or the hashtags that are in your city or your town. And you can follow those artists and just look at their work and just comment on it or even reach out and message them on Instagram uh, or on Facebook. And you might find that you guys have a connection. (laughs) Right. Sometimes it just takes one brave person to get this going. And And other people say, oh, yeah, you know, I could I could see that. I'd like yeah, to try that. Totally. Um, and, Jerry, you mentioned the idea of sometimes um, places like co-op galleries or shared studio spaces are kind of, um, you know, where things start, where there can be some something that starts to grow or incubate because it's artists that are brought together already. Yeah. And it just as you're kind of saying, just takes that one more step of saying, hey, what if we do something beyond just sharing this space? What right. if we connect in some other way? Um, yeah. And that could it could start out just purely social, really, but yeah. grow into something um, a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's different levels and responsibilities among co-op galleries and, and shared studio spaces. Um, you know, sometimes... They require the the members or the the renters in a particular space to actively participate in the running uh, of the actual space of either the shared studio spaces or the gallery. And that actually can kind of force you into proximity with people Hmm. with shared responsibilities, which can be good or bad. But (laughs) either way, I think you're going to you're going to get something out of it because it forces you into a social proximity with other artists. 
Yeah, it's kind of breaking down that barrier when, you know, people are in their own little worlds. And then whether it's a responsibility that brings you together or something, you you have to come out of your your own little space just a bit and and meet somebody uh, outside of that in a different way. And um, there's no guarantee that it's going to be good, but it, you know, it's a little bit of a risk to start something like this. But I think if you have some some ideas about structure, probably helpful for um, getting something going, some kind of parameters, some kind of ground rules, uh, so that people coming together have something that they all agree on, that there's some kind of common ground yeah. uh, that, that might include where are you going to meet, um, how often are you going to meet, how many people are going to be involved? You don't want it to be huge. Right. Um, what's the purpose of meeting? What's the purpose? Yeah. yeah what's What's your focus? Um, and that I don't think it has to be just one thing, but yeah. I think something, some central idea that people can um, unite around. And and whether that is a critique a critique group, yeah. you know, really soliciting feedback about what you're doing. Or it could be a little less focus on that and more just let's visit each other's studios. Right. Let's, let's see the space where you work. Tell us about your work. That's kind of like the one that I'm just getting starting to get involved in. And it's, you know, it's just fun. There's a social aspect to that. Um, uh, sometimes it might grow into something like we're all going to get together and use somebody's press and make you know prints together or something like that so you might share an activity you might share um something that you were all going to do together that was of an artistic nature yeah and then i I don't think people should discount i think it's absolutely fine to have an agenda around some of the events but i also think it's good just the idea of socializing with other artists just being friends with other artists absolutely who can you know share the same kinds of insecurities, worries, uh, financial or business related uh, Mm -hmm. challenges that artists face. Because often I think a lot of people who work maybe more regular jobs face different kinds of issues professionally or creatively than artists do. And so it's nice to meet people who kind of get you, understand, you know, (laughs) why you're worried about such and such a thing that may seem trivial to other people. They're like, oh, what are you worried about? Yeah, people have ideas and um, as Ross said in the introduction, uh, nobody understands you like another artist when right. it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and sometimes a group might meet together to talk about things like business of art. Or Absolutely. Maybe have a particular topic that they want to talk about this time or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, another thing to consider is: do you do you sort of want a moderator? It, it's I mean, maybe not a moderator, but somebody who's organizing, somebody who's in charge, can be a big help. Um, whoever is taking on scheduling or any other issues, yeah. maybe trade that around. Yeah. Um, but without anybody organizing, <laughs> it, it may be hard to keep it uh, going yeah. and, and to schedule because one of the things, anytime you're organizing a group of people, obviously you, you know, you have to find a time when everybody can get together. And um, I've been a part of a couple of groups like this, and it seems like the best thing is to pick 
a certain very regular schedule. We're going to meet the first Saturday of the month or something. If you can't make it, okay, that's all right. But it's even in a small group, trying to find a day or time that's going to work for everybody. It's just not going to happen. It's too confusing. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody won't show up anyway. So right. just, uh, you know, decide what's in general, time of day, day of the week, and then um, that works for people yeah. and then go with that. Yeah. I was actually also thinking of another, just in, in my experience of teaching a lot of workshops, another place to meet people is workshops. Absolutely. And, you know, not just, I mean, one possibility is, you know, taking a workshop. I mean, maybe you take a workshop in a, in a technique or a media that you don't normally do because that puts you into contact with other people interested in that medium. But uh, the other is teaching a workshop that you may have people come who are interested in your medium that would be interested in, you know, starting to be social with you. So don't don't you know, don't let workshops. <laughs> right. It's, it's a time when a lot of artists with a similar interest come together. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, certainly both of us have taught workshops where people in the workshop kept up oh my gosh for years really good friends years and, of friendships yeah, yeah across and, a lot of miles sometimes absolutely yeah and and they they met around a, share, a shared interest yeah. and because workshops can be pretty um intensive you're yeah. together with people for a number of days you find out um you know you'd know if you were compatible and, and you could um get along and so you know obviously there's there are groups that meet in person and there are groups that don't. Uh, you can certainly organize uh, online groups yeah. that you may never actually meet in person. Um, I mean, huge advantage that, as you said, you can connect across a great distance. You, the people that you're in your group could be from anywhere and they could be people that you know some other way, like from a workshop or... Yeah. Something like that, or somebody meet on um, on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, there are those. You know, there are groups already online that you can join, like pages or groups that are already set up that are you know, might share a common interest. Yeah, and again, I mean, I think you kind of deal with the same things of um, the same kind of uh, boundaries you'd want to set around an in-person group. You don't want it to be huge, too many people. You want to have some sort of regular schedule, some focus, uh, agenda, and um, take it from there. And, yeah. and, you know, during COVID, obviously, a lot of people got used to communicating uh, through Zoom and things like that. So it's not as as odd as it probably was right. even a few years ago. Totally. It's yeah, just become pretty normal. Yeah. And so um, I think there, there are some drawbacks because you um, – you don't have that experience of actually being in someone's studio. Right. You don't get to kind of feel the ambiance of where they work, look at their tools and things. I mean, you, anytime a group is meeting in someone's studio, it, it, it's really pretty fascinating to see people's workspaces and to, to see, you know, well, what's it like to work in here? It, it really gives you a kind of a holistic view of that person to go into their space and maybe just not the same sense of companionship or availability if it's this, you know, more structured online meeting. But it's okay. I mean, understanding the limitations of it, you can do a lot because, you know, we most of us can work with PowerPoint or something like that if we want to show slides of our work. And yeah. 
it works fine, you know. And yeah. um, maybe if you had a group like that going, people could take turns. Um, I was in another group like this where people showed their work, different sessions, and you, it would be your turn to, to talk about your work. And other people would listen, ask questions, and it was like a presentation. You know, yeah. so it was a little bit more formal, probably, um, but very. it was really interesting. Well, the holiday season may be over, but if you're interested in cold wax medium, now is the most wonderful time of the year at Blick. Because gambling, cold wax medium is 40% off. It's that time that you wait for to buy your cold wax medium at a fantastic discount. So to take advantage of that offer and to support the Messy Studio podcast, please remember to use our affiliate link. This is tremendously important. It does so much to help us. That affiliate link is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. It takes you straight through to the regular Blick website, but when you use our affiliate link, Blick donates a very generous 10% commission to the Messy Studio podcast. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K, to get your gambling cold wax medium for 40% off. All right, let's get back into the show. Well, I mean, I think I think there's a couple of possibilities with, you know, with online meeting. You know, people say, uh, you know, it, it's it is different than in person. And, and you and you mentioned the companionship part of it. And I, I agree. That's totally true. There's this thing we miss out being in the physical proximity mm-hmm. of people. But psychological and sociological studies have also shown that sometimes meeting people online breaks down barriers that we don't have. Oh. Sorry, breaks down barriers that we have in person. Uh-huh. That people sometimes feel more willing to be open in an online setting or more willing to be honest and forthcoming in an online setting. There's something about this distance and separation that often allows us to be more honest, more truthful. And so it can be both. Like people think, oh, well, you can't get close or you uh-huh. can't, you can't, have that connection. Sometimes you can actually forge a really strong connection online because there's this like protection and freedom of being behind a screen. Mm, mm. Uh, and they, they've, they've studied that, you know, and it's real. It's not that's just uh, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, that surprises me. Um, you know, I guess the flip side of that is a lot of people feel awkward, Yeah, you know, being Absolutely. on screen Absolutely. Or, or, or whatever. Yep. It's, it, it feels quite odd um, in a way. You know, yeah. but um, and especially if you if you haven't actually met people or know who they are, you and I have you know a lot of experience with that uh, teaching teaching online. Yeah, uh, certainly felt awkward at first. At first, <laughs> yeah. Now it's super <laughs> to be comfortable. On camera, yeah. and then we have guests on sometimes, and you know we we need to put them at ease. It's yeah. it's a bit odd being on the screen, and that I mean that's another way of of connecting with people is to join an online community that's run by someone else. Like, I mean, we have Cold Wax Academy. It's a paid membership. There are others out there. And um, that is another really, you know, it's a big thing because you, if someone else is organizing it and running it and you, you join on as a member, you know, you're freed of all the planning of all right. the, you know, whatever agenda. Um, right. There's, it's very structured in a way. Right. So, so then, but you can join in, and it becomes more like you're taking a class. Right. You're coming to class, and someone's teaching or someone's directing it. 
And um, that can, you know, really be um, a very uh, an experience of a lot of growth. Yeah. You're freed of, you know, like I said, all the organi- organizing and all that. And within that group of people that are participating, we see, in our group, we see people making personal connections. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> people that live in similar uh, geographic area are <laughs> reaching out to each other. People are talking to each other on the Facebook page that we have and, you know, having discussions. And <laughs> yeah. So it's... It's a, it seems like there's such an urge for artists to connect with one another that given any of these opportunities, people, a, a lot of people will feel that need and join in. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you, I mean, I'm not saying you have to do a paid membership, but what I'm saying is if you're in something like that, one, if you, you know, if you pay into a membership, you're, you're somewhat vested in it. You're invested in it. You put money into it. The other people who are there have done the same thing. And if it's something around learning, then you have another shared interest, another shared Mm -hmm. perspective. And a lot of the ways people connect are around shared things like Mm -hmm. people in a class, people in a job, whatever it is. This is a way for for people to find people who have a shared situation. Right. Um, And I think that fosters connection. Yeah, you have a you have a similar focus. And I mean, and one of the things that can undermine any kind of art community, art group, is that people lack a common focus or they maybe they're at really different places in their art, whatever they're doing with their art. Yeah. But if you get a group of people that are quite serious yeah. about it, whether they have a lot of experience or whether they don't, it's that basic focus, that basic seriousness. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the baseline for... Right. Um, for communicating about the work and I don't think any of us would if you know when you're when you're in a group of people who have a similar focus and seriousness it I don't think anybody would feel like they couldn't you know communicate or connect with somebody who was at a different level because right. you all have that focus right and, and we see that in the people that we work with some people are quite experienced some people are just beginning yeah. But there's this nice, um, you know, really good support. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of those kinds of things that you might think are separations, mm-hmm. they often fade away. That just the what you said, the commitment and the seriousness to what they're doing is enough that, that you know, differences in experience or skill, um, those kind of fade away. That the, the, they're transcended by people's desire just to make the work. Mm-hmm. And to have human connection. Yeah, and it's it's very satisfying, I yeah, think. Yeah, very. Mean, I think uh, whether you're, you know, sort of in charge of a group like that or whether you're a member <clears throat> of, a, of a group like that, you, that that connection is, it's energizing. Yes, very and, energizing. And we were, we were talking before we started this uh, recording about some of those things that you gain um, as an artist when you're part of any sort of art community, whether it's a group of your friends or whether it's something you're doing online, uh, different, you know, how does that, how does that help you besides this feeling of camaraderie or whatever that we talked about? But um, one of the biggest things that, that we see in our group is the learning that goes on, the ideas that, that people get from one another. 
um, is is really important. I mean, everybody's got tips and ideas and things. And so if you're meeting a group of people in person or wherever it is, if you go into it with an open mind of what can I learn, right. not just go in saying, I'm going to talk about myself and right. my work, but go in saying, what what can I learn from this other person? It's uh, it's really expanding. Yeah, I mean, just... You know, the the variety of perspectives that you meet among artists. I mean, artists often have, you know, different takes on things than non-artists. And then certainly when you meet a group of artists, there's a, so many perspectives within that group that it's really mind expanding. It, you know, you, you really can see things differently than you did before because there are these people who just look at the world in all these different ways. It's really exciting. And even technically, you know, yeah. you go into someone's studio, for example, and you see that maybe it's something they don't even do, you know, as their major focus. Maybe off to the side they have something. You say, well, what's <clears throat> this? You know, and um, uh, this happened at the meeting that of our art group um, last weekend. The artist that we were visiting was uh, mainly we were there to look at her jewelry making. She makes um, beautiful silver jewelry. And then, but she also said, well, I really, I really do a lot of painting and drawing and, um, and printmaking. And she had a wall full of her work. And a couple of us started looking at these um, beautiful silver point prints that she'd done. And it was a process I'd heard of, but I didn't know much about. So we got into talking about that. And, you know, I left there thinking, that's yeah, something I'd like to try that, you know, sometime. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had any idea that that was going to happen. That idea, you know, would develop that morning because you never know what what somebody else has experience with um even if it's not their main thing you yeah. know yeah. and you just you know you go into it with curiosity with an open mind and uh it's very interesting yeah i think another aspect that that being in a group in a community that you can get is accountability that you know we just did a whole session on <laughs> procrastination and avoidance and we've all faced that and being in a group whether it's you know an online group or whether it's a physical group that meets there's some level of accountability and that that matters you know feeling uh -huh. like you you have an obligation not just to yourself but to your community that does something for you, mm -hmm. and I and I and I don't think it's a heavy obligation. No. It's it's a nice a, a nice kind of accountability where you're like I'm part of something bigger than me, and so I need to be active in this. I think that's right. a, that's a strong that's a strong drive. Uh, yeah, I think you want to feel like you have something to contribute. Yeah, and that can be motivating. Yeah. and so that the next time you get together with people, you have something fresh to say yeah. and. Um, yeah, it's energizing for sure. Yeah. Um, and another thing, I mean, on a really practical level, when you when you're in a community of artists, in a like you're actually physically present with people, there may be uh, resources that you can share, like a certain type of tool, maybe, or a certain type of equipment that maybe you wouldn't use that often. But hey, you have something uh, I'd like to borrow and. Um, or maybe somebody has a clay studio and you yeah. think, wow, I'd just really like to come in for a day and play with some clay. Yeah, you know? Or press or something. Anything, yeah. you yeah. know. And that would be more, um, you know, if you're physically present. But 
it's it is uh, the resources that people have. Maybe they have a great art library or something, and you mm-hmm. can borrow a book, or you have one and you can lend a book. Those kind of shared resources are valuable. Yeah, and then I think the last thing is is kind of a an overarching aspect. It's just general emotional support. That yeah. you know, being artist, being an artist can feel very isolating and very, I think, frankly, lonely. I mean, I think most artists enjoy their solitude and working in solitude, but I think all of us at times just feel lonely and isolated and, and mm-hmm. having a community, not just your friends and family, but an actual art community where you have shared perspectives. It, it can be really, it can feel really supportive uh, when, when you start to feel down because sometimes man making art, it doesn't always feel good. It doesn't always feel good. <laughs> no, it's, it's hard. And yeah. I mean, so many of the topics um, you know, that we talk about over time on the messy studio are those kind of emotional things where, you know, surviving the ups and downs and um, yeah. dealing with the the blocks and the frustrations. And, you know, in some ways, I suppose they're similar to things other people experience in other fields, but there is something about arts that's so personal that, uh, and universal. And yes, yeah, universal both. among artists. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you may think you're quite alone with something. And then you find out somebody else goes through the same thing. It's this huge relief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Everybody, you're like oh, everybody in the group. I know. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, let's talk about that. And, and that can, that is a really, uh, it can be a topic of conversation. Yeah. Within a within a group, it's sort of like a support group then yeah. uh, at times if you wanted to open it up that way. And I don't know, there's just really, when you think about it, this huge range of topics that artists can share and relate to amongst each other, even if they're working in different ways, different media, different art forms, different approaches. Um, I think over time, when you know a lot of artists, you realize, wow, we all have some of these same same concerns. And that that is a great uh unifier yeah so yeah and it's very it's very so very easy i think for people to think i'm the only one i'm the only one who feels this way i'm the only one experiencing this yeah and then beat yourself up about it like why do i why am i like stuck and all that stuff and you know it's sort of as we go through our art careers, if we're out there as professional artists or doing any type of, type of exhibiting or anything, a lot of times you have to present this front that is together. Like, right. You know, yeah, everything's very, fabulous. Very yeah. confident, you know, very, I got it together. Yeah. And then, you know, that's that's part of the persona of, of dealing with the outside world because you, you have these... You know, you're putting your very personal work out there and you have a certain uh, kind of shield or whatever that you have to put up to to uh, to negotiate that world. Yeah. And then, but you know, and, and if you say to another artist and you get really honest about it, you say, I really am not all that confident when I'm, whatever, going to an opening or presenting my work to a gallery or something. Right. And everybody's going to get it. Right. I hate talking about my work. I hate writing a personal statement. It yes. makes me feel very insecure. Yeah. They're all going to be like, oh, my God, me too, me too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it is it is funny how many topics come up. Even when 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 you and I teach Jerry and Will's 
say something like, oh, yeah, we struggle with that, too. We're talking about some topic and immediately we're getting comments. Oh, it's so good to know that. Yeah, you, <laughs> you guys, know, too. Yeah. We all do. And yeah. and that forms a basis that, you know, I think it's a good reason to reach out to other people. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I think. Do it. I mean, if you feel that urge, um, as you said in the beginning, Jerry, don't don't be afraid. It's. All, all somebody can say is no, and some people will. But if you if you have people that in your mind that you could connect with and ask them if they'd like to get something going, yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I mean the worst. My the, the thing I always say to people is, what's the worst? Well, <laughs> you approach somebody, they say no, or it doesn't work out. You're right back in the situation you were before you approached them. You so you, you've anything. not lost anything. Yeah. And you've gained the experience of reaching out to somebody. Yeah. So the next time you can do it again. And, and you know, that's this is just that's the way it is. So right. don't don't be afraid to reach out, even if it doesn't work out the first time. Right. It will. And it may not. I mean, the, these things are a little bit complicated, but, yeah. you know, hopefully the chemistry will be right. If you um, if you try to do this, um, and I guess to kind of kind of wrap it up, I, I you know, you think about during the time of isolation that we all went through during COVID, a lot of artists found themselves really wanting more of a community. And yeah. I think that pointed out how isolated we can be when we don't have natural ways of getting together with other artists. Yeah. Like during that time, we weren't really going to openings or no. events. Workshops, nothing. Yeah, I mean, everything I mean, nothing was, was you know, shut down and, and your isolation becomes very obvious. And now that things have loosened up a little bit, people that got involved in an art group have seen the advantages yeah, of that. Absolutely. And I think the whole idea has, has gained a lot of ground in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And thanks, Jerry. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> it's always fun to do these. <laughs> okay. Bye now. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.